Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. I know you mentioned this uh, earlier on, but... If you were coming out of college now, would you go work for a CPA firm? Or would you, let me say this, would you recommend that I would work for a CPA firm or a large one or a medium-sized small firm like yours and why? I think it depends on the individual. And the reason why I'm saying that is some people come out and they're going to change the world and they really are. And they want to be on, on the leading edge. They want to, they're an audit, they want to travel, they want to serve with the biggest clients. They want to be exposed to that. They want to either stay in public county, want to be a partner at a big four. And there's partners made every year at a big four. There's people that go out and grab that and do that. And there's people that have the ability, the capability, and, and there's sacrifices that are made, but they understand that. There's people that also want to, to get the experience and maybe they want to go into industry. They want to be a CFO of a company. They want to be a finance director or they want to start their own company. Then yeah, get the, get that network, get the contacts, get the experience, let them pay for your CPA review, let them have the resources that are available to you. There's other people that that's just not for them. They don't want to audit. They don't want to travel. That's not for everybody. Or they don't want to do that long term. They, they just know for their personality. It's like picking a school. Some people love big schools. Some people love small schools. Some people love distant learning. Some people learn better in person. It, it's all individual. But some people say, you know, I, I need a little bit more. Maybe it's balanced. Maybe I need to be closer to home. Maybe I don't want to be away. Maybe I want to deal with smaller clients or maybe I want to start a family. I want to take a couple of years off. I, I don't know what that is. I mean, there's different roles now, paternity leave, maternity leave. Everyone has their own goals and objectives. Maybe someone wants to start their own firm. seems like a lot of younger people are doing that now. You still need experience, but maybe you want to start a smaller firm and see how that works. Maybe it'll make sense. Maybe you'll be able to take that over, become partner. Or maybe you could just decide those are the clients you like dealing with, the smaller clients. It really depends on your personality, but there's so many opportunities all across the board. The big four is never going to go away. They're always going to expand. They're doing so many new areas and there's so much more available to them technologically data analytics, blockchain, auditing. I mean, it's 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 awesome. It's so cool. I, and I'm not in it, but I, I just, I appreciate that. Robotics, all the different things that are going to make a life easier. It trickles down to the smaller firms. It, it's great bookkeeping. I mean, it used to be tedious and now everything's automated. Your bank feeds in. So if you're, if you're doing a client's books and you're reviewing things, everything comes in. If they buy something from Staples or Office Max, it says, probably an office expense. Does that look right? Yep. What's the shell today? Is that oil or gas for fuel? Yep. Okay, we'll know that going forward. If it changes, just let us know, but we'll know that going forward. And these things come in, you're just reviewing things. So instead of doing the manual part of it, now you're getting data, you're reviewing it, you're comparing it to other industries, other people, because that's all becoming more available now. And you're reviewing it. Now you could do some consulting, you could do some advising, you could take that information. Instead of taking the time to prepare it, you're able to just review it quickly and then use that much more quicker. It's instant now versus doing everything a month and behind. You have this lag time. So it's not like that anymore. People expect it to be done really quickly and efficiently, which is great. How are you going to keep up with the new technology, the you know digital analytics? They're starting to ask this on the exam July 1st. I don't know if you're aware of that. 2021. They can start asking this on uh, the auditing part and uh, the BEC part. And my concern is this. These people have not learned this in college. We had to go rewrite our CPA review books 
And it's been a really, it's been a real task, let me tell you, more than we ever expected. And luckily, uh, the gentleman who works with me, he knows this stuff. You know, he worked for the big four. It was, I think it was a big six or big eight back then. But he, he's been an auditor and worked, in, he's traveled all over the, you know, the world uh, working for one of the big CPA firms. So he's got a real good knowledge of it. Plus also he teaches uh, college. He works, teaches at eight or nine online universities. And he sets up their curriculums because he, he knows this digital analytics and all that. And then I, I said to him, you know, Ron, I really don't want to learn all this stuff. You know, I'm getting too old for this stuff. But I still teach financial and I teach the regulation because of the taxes. But our auditing instructor retired because he was afraid of all of this new technology and he didn't want to learn it. So the question will be, how do you think these people who are taking, I mean, there's so much ways of getting education today online, which I don't know if they are as good as going into the classroom. Well, I had terrible teachers in the classroom, but I do find that, I don't know, the ICPA may be shocked when they start giving this stuff and realizing these people don't know it. ASCPA claims they don't curve the exam. Anyway, do you realize that you're going to have to? You're a young guy, all right? Are you going to have to learn all of this new technology? Are you working in it at all right now? I think that's a loaded question, but I think we have to embrace technology. We have to embrace the changes. It's coming, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we like it or not. Things are changed. They've changed and they're continuing to change. With the newest stuff, we'll probably just have to hire younger people that love it and are in it and grow up with it. But when I started, we had one screen we had everything was just photocopies right. now i do a tax return i have two returns i have two screens see last year's i see this year's i have all the backup on, on my right side on the left side i have my current one we didn't have a choice everyone does it the same way at our firm we used to have quickbooks desktop that was great now everybody's on a cloud everybody wants to be online because i could have access they could have access there could be two owners ones i have one in california one in connecticut and i have access we could jump on a meeting in two seconds we could all be looking at the same data there's zero which is an, another Bookkeeping software, they're all cloud-based. We're finding a lot of the, the tax return preparation software is going cloud-based. So we have to, because if we can't service our clients, QuickBooks Online or Zero or do their tax return efficiently, they're gonna go to someone else that can. What we have to understand is what's driving this technology and what benefits are there. Like I mentioned with bookkeeping, it used to be very tedious. Now I'm not entering every transaction. My staff's not entering every transaction, it's coming in. You definitely have to be careful and review things. Uh, things can go way off in the wrong direction quick if you're not able to watch and make sure and understand what you're doing. But there's a lot of things that are making our life easier. I mean, even the PPP loan, every client I had that asked for forgiveness, they had to go online to their company's portal. You couldn't submit an application on paper after a certain point. That's just not how things are done. So I, I think whether we want to or not, we have to embrace it. We have to find the benefits of it. Then we have to check the reliability. There's a lot of people, uh, there's payroll companies, there's different accounting groups that will give you data and say, hey, we could tell you what somebody makes as an accountant in the Connecticut area, in the tri-state area, in Southern Connecticut, in Northern Connecticut. You have to be able to go through and say, all right, so really what town am I in? What are my competitors? What are they paying? What size firm are you at? What are the hours they're working? What are the expectations? What are the roles and responsibilities? So you get a lot of data and you need to make sure that it's, it's correct, that it's comparable. I, I wanna be able to eventually, when I get clients, they usually fall into four or five different industries. Your rental properties, which kind of its own industry, kind of have professionals that sell their services, whether you're an accountant, an engineer, a doctor, they're not really giving you a product. They're just selling you their knowledge. You have people that make products 
so they're in the manufacturing and, and they have cost of goods sold and you're tracking those. And they have people that are kind of hybrid of construction and they're charging you for labor and materials. So I draw my experiences when I have a client, I might not have someone exactly in their industry, but I have people in that group of industries that I could compare it to. And I could look at the profit margin or overhead and I could determine race. And I could see their growth and I could see where their costs are a little bit out of whack compared to their size. And we could have those discussions. So I, I think you need to be able to get the data. And the more data we have, the more correct data we have, the more relevant. Because if I could have an engineer client and compare them to the engineers in a, a three-town area and say, yeah, you know, you're paying a little bit more than the other area, but your revenue is twice as much. So you're really doing that's okay. Or no, you're, you're paying people way too much. Your restaurant, your, your rent and your overhead, your salaries, it's just out of whack. You're just not doing enough meals to, to support that. You, you're probably not going to close in a year or two. We have some concerns right here. You can't stay the way it is. You're going to have to keep borrowing. So I think the more we're able to get data, I, I know on the audit side of blockchain, the, the efficiency and the accuracy is going to go up. I've had discussions, you know, do I understand how it all works? No, blockchain, a little bit above my uh, my understanding, if I always will be. But I drive a car every day. I can't tell you exactly how that works either. So whether we like it or not, whether we understand it inside or out, I rely heavily on a connected side of CPAs. I'm involved in, in different areas. And there's a lot of other small businesses that have the same struggles we are, and they're trying to understand it. They bring in people, they explain it, they have software, they say what works. We have discussions, what have you implemented, what has worked, what has saved you time, what hasn't. Um, how are we going to embrace this change? Because I, I think at the end of the day, uh, in five years, 10 years, the, the profession is going to be completely different. And I think that's okay. Exactly how it's all going to work. I don't know, but I, I think there's going to be a lot of benefits to it. I, I know we're not probably going to work any less. I, I know they said when the computer came out, our, our, you know, our, our hours are going to be half as much as they used to be. If you read stuff from back then, the 80s and 90s. No, we just get more done now. Are you going to go more into advisory services at some point? You know, I think our bread and butter is always the bookkeeper, but we do a lot with advisory services and consulting services as the opportunities arise and, and as we have clients. So we've always kind of done that. And I think there's definitely some opportunities and some needs. And I think as that relationship develops, clients rely on us more once you do some small engagements. And I think a lot of the the CFO roles at small companies, the accounting is getting outsourced because it's just so efficient to do it remotely. Or for the areas of expertise, they could pay us for a couple hours of, of work a, a week or a month, and they get all this knowledge and experience, and they can see the benefits from that. So I think it's definitely part of the future. And I think a lot of people, now that we're compliance is getting a little bit simpler, have the time to do the advisory and consulting and find it rewarding. Are you outsourcing your tax returns, uh, or are you doing them in-house? We're doing them in-house. We have staff okay. and CPAs that prepare them, but we're not outsourcing them. The people I talk to on this podcast... There's a lot of CPAs who have decided to go into advisory services because they have a fairly good IT background, you know, and they're doing very well. I mean, I've, I've talked to people who developed their own software, you know, they're, they're trying to sell software. So I see people in all different areas. When I came out of school, we had auditing. Actually, I couldn't do tax returns. I worked for Seedman in Seedman, New York. Yep. And the only people who could do tax returns were CPA attorneys. So what was open to me? Audits. And I hated auditing. I don't like to sit all day and just do tick marks. You know, that's what I was doing. To me, it got a little tedious. And then I ended up working for companies. And eventually I went into teaching uh, CPA review. I've had that for 40 some odd years. But I think the one thing I try to get across to people, the younger people is this. If you don't take the exam, when you come out of college, whether you're gonna stay in public accounting or corporate, all right, you're gonna look at yourself one day and say, 
I should have taken that exam. It would have changed my life. Because let me ask you this question. Well, I know the answer, but has the CPA designation changed your life? It has. It's so important. The doors it opens are just tremendous. Regardless of what you do with it, you have those initials after your name. The respect that you get from people, whether it be clients, whether it be people in just the public, the trust that they put in you and what it allows you to do. The, if less people are taking it, the more valuable it becomes. And the more CPAs that are retiring and getting out of the practice, the more valuable it becomes. The value has always been there. And I think it's just going to continue to increase. A lot of people come out with accounting degrees, but it, it differentiates you. It really makes a difference. And there's a lot of public accounting firms in our area. They want CPAs, the, the public, the clients, they want a CPA to back them. They want to make sure that they're getting advice from CPAs. The banks, when they get reports from clients, they'll sometimes say, go talk to the CPA down the street, talk to Ken, make sure he prepares your financial statements because there's a level of trust there. There's so many intangibles. I feel like you have more confidence in yourself too. Once you pass that test, I mean, you probably feel like you could do anything and everybody can pass the test. It's just a matter of sitting down, being determined, getting a good plan and being persistent. Not everybody passes it the first time. If you do, it's rare. You have to have that persistence. You have to have that priority. And you have to understand the benefits of it. And it's going to help you tremendously. It's going to increase your pay. It's going to increase the amount that you could charge your clients. It's going to increase your demand for a job. It's going to give you those options. It's going to give you flexibility. You're going to take control. And that's a lot of things people in different professions don't really have. You don't really feel in control. There's so many different avenues you could go to. There's so many areas you could pursue. There's so many niches, niches you could carve out. I mean, the doors are open, but once you have that, then you really could go and, and go forward with that and people will follow you. University of Connecticut, Notre Dame. Do you keep up on uh, anything like, how are their numbers as far as people majoring in accounting? Do you check into that at all? Just out of curiosity, do you? I have, and I've seen the newsletters. I know when I was leaving, you kind of just started their master's program. It was all online. They had it based around the seasonality of accountants. So you had tax season off and they had a semester in the summer. Same thing in Notre Dame, they, they have an accounting program. They also have an, a, a partnership with a big four to do some of their students in the summer. They have like a special program where they get their masters. So I think both of those schools are doing well. I, I think that they're on the forefront. I see that they offer different programs and different specialties. Uh, within it, probably amongst data analytics and, and things like that. I'm not sure exactly what they are, but I do see the newsletters and see the change and evolve. So I think they're trying to be on the forefront of all the changes and keeping the students aware of what's going on. But it's such a new program. I mean, we've had students too in Connecticut. You don't need to have had the 150 hours before you can sit for the exam. So some people are coming out with 120, 130, 135, sit and see how they do. And then there's been other programs that have popped up. You won't end up with masters, but it'll help you fulfill that requirement. Right. So you can get those last four or five classes you need or whatever it is. So I, I think all the schools are kind of trying to figure out the best way to keep the students engaged and keep them moving forward. And I know in my master's program, I had a lot of in-depth knowledge and classes and tax. And, and a lot of times when I talk to people and they have undergrad, they really don't have a lot of experience in tax. They might have taken one course. It could have been a half uh, corporate and half individual, and they don't have that exposure. Really, when you get into the master's, I find you have to dive into some of those things. You're looking at partnerships, you're taking a course at corporations, you're looking deeply into individuals. So I found it exciting. Sure, not every course you're going to take is going to exactly match what you're going to do in your career. And same thing with the CPA, you got to spread yourself pretty thin, but you're going to know a lot about a lot. Then when you get into your field, you're going to specialize and see what works well. And then if you go tax, if people, they specialize in just one area, they know those things inside and out, they're well-regarded and well-respected, and it's something that they enjoy doing. So I think these programs are continuing to adapt. I think the CPA is trying to adapt. I think technology is changing, but the more we try to find the benefits and, and how it's going to affect us and, and how we can take that technology and help our clients, the sooner we get to that, I mean, we have to do 40 hours in Connecticut CPA or CPE every year. 
I know in the past, some people who have been in pressure for a while said, well, we can, the tax rules really haven't changed in a while. We're kind of just mean our requirement. It's been a lot of change the last couple of years, but probably at a certain point, we'll get back to that. And now it's like, okay, so what's new? What's new in technology? What, what other benefits are out there? What should I be looking at? And that's really a great time to explore what's coming out, what the benefits are. I, I know some people, they started their own companies. They do the te- technology. They're starting their own software. They have clients, four or five different businesses. They're developing dashboards. They just go to one place. They get to see all their numbers. What's my bank balance? What's my receivables? What's my payables? What's my cash flow forecast? When that technology becomes available and you don't have to create it yourself and when it's available to all these different people and we can take all the different businesses and all these different accounting softwares and bookkeeping softwares that might be industry specific and roll it up and get this one big picture, that's definitely going to streamline our, our life. We have to do a lot, of, a lot of those calculations manually and it's not done daily. And the decision making that's going to come out of that and, and to be able to take a dip and realize you're having a cash flow crunch or AR receivable issue sooner than later. Those days are so valuable because then you could change that. You can make the calls. You could get people out on the on the road, on the job sites. You could get ahead of that. And it makes such a big difference, small or big companies. And I think we're, that's where the benefits are going to be. Well, Ken, you sound like you're doing well, which I'm happy for you. Uh, congratulations. And when is the baby due? December. December. So it'll be a Christmas baby? Christmas baby. So, yeah, we're excited. Just you planning that exactly uh, because I've asked people don't give birth until it's my birthday. Okay. And somehow they just can't. And I congratulate you in that you're seem to be a very giving person, caring person with your clients. All right. And that's what makes it also fun. It's nice to hear someone say, Hey, thank you. You really, you've helped me. Uh, Someone tells your wife, Hey, this man is a good man. He he really helps me, and yeah, that's nice. I, I like people to say, you know, I made a difference in your life or something. It's, you know, there's more to life than just money. If the fact that people say to you, you've really changed my life, you know, if people are so worried about money, the money will come. You know, it's, you know, you do the job, the money will come. And I'm sorry we couldn't get a chance to talk about your QuickBooks certification, and uh, you're also a zero advisor. What is a zero? It, it's an accounting software or online base. I think they started in Australia. And so I'm certified in that too. So I, I don't know, they might grow in popularity, but they're trying to compete with QuickBooks. They're focused on having that relationship with an accountant. And I think that's important. I've seen some people that have wanted to use them for one reason or another. So I, I think it, it's something that people will be using in the future as well, in addition to QuickBooks Online and QuickBooks. And I had the pleasure of... And I don't remember the man's name. I spoke to one of the uh, the principals in Zero, okay? And I had an interview with him. He was in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And we had, and nicest guy, you know, and he was, uh, he also was, you know, he cared about what he was doing and all that. Yeah. You know, more technology. He's going into technology. He's a CPA. Uh, he might be a chartered accountant in Australia. I can't remember. But mm-hmm. anyway, nice guy. I get to meet a lot of nice people. So I'm very fortunate with this uh, podcast. So, Ken, I want to thank you very much. Uh, you still looking for people to hire? We are. We're in the process to hire a couple more. Uh, we're looking for two, maybe three people. We're looking for anyone from probably zero to five years of experience. So a couple of people right out of school. And then hopefully someone has been in public accounting for a couple of years that really could hit the ground running. So we're growing. There's a lot of opportunities. And we just we're looking for people to work hard and want to learn and, and help out our team. You know, if you're listening and maybe you feel, hey, I have the experience with that, I'm sure Ken will have no problem 
you know, just write to him. You can go to his LinkedIn account. Yep. It's under what? Ken Healy, H-E-A-L-Y, H-E-A-L-Y, C-P-A. And is it under your diversified financial solutions? Yeah. So um, our website is www.dfspc.biz. So www.diversifiedfinancialsolutionsprofessionalcorporation.biz, B-I-Z. And my email is ken at dfspc.biz. And if there's any questions on that, everyone can reach me. You know my phone number. I always give it out. So anyway, Ken, have a good summer. Stay well. By the way, I, I don't mean how that health problem you had, it's, is it solved? Oh, it's not. It's a chronic, uh, it's Crohn's uh, disease, which is a stomach uh, thing. And yeah. we adapt and we move forward. So I've had it since I was 16. I started working when I was 16. I don't think there's any coincidence that, uh, that one's related to the other. I, I think it's completely independent. I think I have a little bit different perspective when you have health struggles and sometimes you have some challenging times and you need to have a couple of surgeries. You want to find a, a, a firm that supports you, a, a team that's with you, uh, clients that understand. With technology, it's great, you know, if you need to work from home every now and then, but it's, uh, it's something I deal with. I, I think it changes perspective. I think last year with COVID, it changed everyone's perspective. You start to appreciate the little things. I, I think everybody can now relate to that. Uh, just being able to see someone, hug someone, shake their hand now. It feels good, and it's been hard not to for a year. And when you have a, a chronic health condition, uh, periods and periods of great time, and some not so great, it gives you a different perspective. Money, sure, you got to have a living, you got to have a house, you want to support your kids and your wife. And, and you know, my wife works full time too, so so we do well. We're very blessed. But we have clients, and they have to navigate challenges. And uh, you can relate. And when someone goes through a hard time, you can relate. And, and I think that it changes your perspective. Every day is a good day. I mean, there's no bad days. I mean, we have tough days. We have long hours. We have tough times with our clients and they go through tough times. But, you know, we're here. We're, we're blessed. I, I Friday, beautiful day. I talked to Phil Yeager on a podcast. I mean, it, it, I, for a tax nerd, this is, that is like... exciting? Is that exciting? To talk it to is. Phil? It should be. I, I would think it's exciting. Don't you think it's exciting to get to why, why talk to different professors? Why do you think it's exciting to Phil Yeager on a Friday? Because I know your podcast listened by candidates. I love students. I love people going to the field. I want them to know the benefits well, thank you very much. Thank of being a CPA. So hopefully, you know, if this helps one person, if maybe one person has a medical issue and they don't know if they could be a CPA, you can. You could do it. If I could pass a CPA and have some medical stuff, you can too. You put your mind to anything. And the accounting profession, there's so many avenues, open doors. Find what's passionate. Find what makes you happy and pursue that. I mean, you spend too much time at work. You got to really enjoy the time you have at work and you got to love those clients relationships the right. things you're dealing with life is too short enjoy it and you know what you have a positive attitude i like that all right Thank i didn't you. hear one negative thing out of your mouth which is unusual because you always get people complain about something but i like your attitude and i just wish you uh, good health once again my congratulations on your new child and uh, it'll change your life, maybe good and bad sometimes, but you'll enjoy it, okay? Perfect. Thank and, you. All right. You take care. And ladies and gentlemen, today we had Ken Healy, a very positive, caring person about his clients who has a practice in Connecticut. We, I'm sure everyone listening wishes him good health and, and good luck in the future. Well, this is the end of this podcast for today. And remember, every Tuesday, we have a new podcast. If you have any comments... Please send us those comments. We'd appreciate it. So, everyone, it is Friday here. All right. It's been beautiful here. The weather's been good with you, Ken. 
Yeah, perfect. We've Very had nice. excellent. Yeah. So everyone, enjoy your week or your weekend, and please continue to listen and watch to Phil Yeager at CPA Review and More. You all have a good day and a good week and a good weekend. Stay well, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and More. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now... Here's your host, Phil Yeager. Hello, everyone. This is Phil Yeager, and welcome to CPA Review and more. CPA Review is that we do cover areas of CPA Review because I own the Yeager CPA Review course. And the more means that we do more than just talk about CPA Review. We have other guests who are in different areas of accounting or sort of like advisory services type thing, whether it's a Bitcoin type thing, we talk about that. And if you go to our library, you'll see all the podcasts that we have done, okay? So anyway, today, enough, it's Ken Healy. Ken is a CPA, and his firm is called Diversified Financial Solutions? Yes. Okay. I'm just curious. Why don't you call yourself Ken Healy, Certified Public Accountants? Oh, the firm was started in 1949. It started as Fitzpatrick and Company. It was named after the owners. And at a point, they had shifted and gotten into financial services, and they kind of shifted out. But I, I don't know. We kind of go against the names. It seems like people change over the years, and new people come in. And it, it should say Diversified Financial Solutions Certified Public Accountants, but that's probably too many words. But um, we chose not to go anymore with the last names. So you bought this practice from this group, this other company? I, I bought in. Um, there was an owner, and, and he retired and is deceased. His son took it over, and he joined a partner about 10 years ago, and then I joined last year as a partner. So there's three of us currently. So his son is still involved? Yep. Is it equal? Uh, is it what, what type of entity are you? A uh, PC, okay? Yep. Uh, uh, you don't yeah, see that too often, uh, PCs anymore. Yeah, I think it started as a C-Corp, and then it eventually converted to an S-Corp, and that was allowed, and in Connecticut, it was a professional corporation. Let me go back to my original question. Uh, are each of the partners equal partners? It's 50-25-25. Uh, so who's the, the, the son of the original owner? Is it 50%? He's down to 25. He sold, he sold me half of what he had. He has sold half before to... Uh, Janet Walker, she owes 50%. Paul Fitzpatrick, whose father started to practice in 1949, he's down to 25%. And now I'm buying in at a 25% uh, value. All right. So the majority partner is who? Janet Walker, CPA. And does Janet make the final decisions or do you equally make decisions? Let's say we equally make it. We're usually all on the same page, which makes it easier, but we're trying to do a transition. So Paul's down to in the summer, he does about three days a week. And Janet, I think will be shortly 
following his uh, his lead and going down to four days when it's not tax season. So I think that's that's what their goal is. Uh, what is their goal to eventually retire totally or stay in the business? Some Paul, Paul will never retire. Janet might. Uh, Paul just loves it. He owns some real estate. We own some real estate together. I, I think he'll work until the day he dies. Janet, I, I think she's still in it really heavy now and working a lot, but I think she'll take some time off and I, I hope she gets to retire fully, enjoy herself. And I know she likes to spend time in Florida and she's got some kids. So hopefully she could pursue that too. She she started working a little bit later in life and I know she's worked really hard for a long time. So hopefully she could find that balance and enjoy herself. I hope they stay forever. But uh, we'll we'll see how long they want to work. They've been holding the reins for a while, and I think they want opportunities for other people to step up. So I'm glad they gave me the opportunity. And, and I hope, you know, with small firms, it's different. You just can't go on the New York Stock Exchange and sell your 50% interest in diversified financial. So right. there's a whole uh, transition. We have to find people that want to buy in. We have to keep the firm going at, at the rate we're going and the growth. So it's not as simple as just I'm, I'm done today. So hopefully we, we come up with a great plan for them and, they, they like it and that we're able to, to keep it to the level that they brought our company. Now, you've had growth every year as far as a number of, as far as revenues, clients, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah, we have. It's grown tremendously over the last 10 or 20 years. And that's always the hard part of the five CPAs. One's in the 70s, one's in the 60s, one's in their 50s. So there's another CPA who's in their 30s and I'm in my 30s, but they've uh, they've set the bar high. And that gets into the whole discussion about the, the CPAs. A lot of them are retiring. There's not a lot of young ones coming in. So it, it's interesting to find a transition and, and hopefully we could do it organically and not have to sell to another company, just keep the growth and, and reward the people that work with us and give them those opportunities and, and let them get in when it's the right time for them as well. Uh, the number of people taking the CPA exam is has dropped and it keeps dropping, all yep. right? Is that affecting you as far as finding CPAs at the possibly buy-in or whatever? Yeah, just talent in general. It seems like it's a smaller pool. There's a big divide between uh, the the CPAs that are in practice that own businesses and, and the younger ones, at least in small practices, at least in Connecticut. I know I've been in some discussions. They talk about replacing the agent fleet. That's a uh, CPA practice advisor term, but I think it's correct. And, and I think the field is changing tremendously. I mean, the amount of technology and, and the change, Tax Cut and Job Act 2017, that changed the tax laws from 2018 to 2025, COVID, the PPP, the EIDL, the employee retention credit. That I think that's pushed a lot of people that are older to retire a little bit sooner than maybe they wanted to. But I know typically for our tax appointments, people come in every hour and the CPAs meet with them and prepare their tax returns. And last year we had their doors shut. They had to drop things off. We would call them, we would Zoom. We would do things to our portal much stronger than we had ever done in the past. And I understand people that are close to retirement age just saying, this isn't for me. I, I get it. They put their time in. And when they started, they were doing things pen and paper. And I can't even imagine doing it that way. They're, they're obviously much better than I am. They have calculators and they do those very quickly. But it's a, it's a huge opportunity. And I think more CPAs will be joining or people will be looking to take it. But it is a lot of work. I know schooling right now is a big challenge. You're doing things remotely. And um, we're seeing it's getting harder. The, the people that are coming out in CPAs, they're in very high demand. And a lot of them start with a bigger company and, and that's great. But in small businesses, a lot of times, if you do go to Root, you work for Big Four, you're working with clients that maybe are on a publicly traded and none of my clients are. So the sooner you get into a small business, the growth is just tremendous. Big four, I mean, a tremendous opportunity. Um, great to have on your resume, great to do. 
But the small businesses, when I was getting out of school, I started with my firm when I was 16. So I've been down 37. I've been there 21 years. And they said, listen, you know, you have a big four offer. That's great if you want to do that, if you want to get on your resume. But if you want to come here, the sooner you get in here, the sooner you start working with the clients, the sooner you gain experience, the sooner you can see the whole picture, the more valuable you're going to be. And I really thought that that's what I wanted to do. So it'll be interesting. It's hard. I know it's very hard for the people that are looking to retire. Not only do I want to honestly sell their practice and get the retirement fund, but they want to take care of their clients. They've had relationships, clients, 20, 30 years. They want to make sure that they're properly taken care of and they're in good hands. And that's a big part of it is, is having relationships with your employees, having relationships with your clients and making sure everybody's comfortable and it will continue in that fashion. Uh, why do you think people are not taking the CPA exam? Any thoughts on that? I've seen different charts and there's a whole myriad of reasons and and. I, I don't know. I, I know the exam's adapting. It seems like it's it's more relevant to the change of the CPA. I know when I hear things as two and you had to get a minimum of 50 on all of them or else you couldn't keep your scores. Now it's, I, I think Connecticut, I just saw an email. There's no more black or blackout period. You could take them every month. There's no more off grading. We're one of the last two states to do that. But do you, do, I don't know. Do you, do you have a definite reason. I mean, do you go to any Connecticut society meetings? And if you do, do they discuss dropping? They do, and it's just people in the profession as well. I, I don't know. I can't put my finger on, on the pulse of why people aren't doing it, because I know people still are doing it. it. To me, it's just a missed opportunity. And I don't know. I haven't seen on the other end from the students or the recent graduates why they're not doing it, what the obstacles are. I, I know from my experience, the sooner you do it, the better, you know? Well, a lot of them don't want to go for the 150 hours. That's one thing. That's been a big turnoff, and uh, although I'm not sure the SCPA has admitted it, but that was a terrible thing to come up with. Uh, many of the universities lobbied, for example, in Maryland, University of Maryland lobbied uh, the chairman of the department to get this requirement of 150 hours because they were starting a master's program. And they figured, hey, this would increase the people in the master's program. And it completely backfired on them. So that master's program did not increase the way they expected. I, I think it's the generation that's coming out, you know, of college that, you know, they, they look at public accounting. And that's another thing, you know, the experience requirement mainly is either working in public accounting Oh, actually working in a company where you're working under a CPA sure. who can verify, you know, say, hey, he's got good experience. All right. The whole thing is a lot of people, I would think, all right, they don't want to work in public accounting, this generation, because they don't want to put in the hours. I mean, you, you can you probably put in a phenomenal amount of hours, right? Sure. And at least being on the small business side, that's probably definitely a drawback. If you're we're on the tax side, we don't do auditing, but there's 10 weeks where we probably make half of our money, right. honestly. And when we come out of tax season, we have a good gauge of how the rest of the year is going to be. And luckily this year, we're able to, for doing all the hours, we get Fridays off between Memorial Day and Labor Day. So no job is perfect. And this is the career we chose and the profession we chose. It's how things are. You know, last year they gave us till July 15th to finish tax returns. It, it was okay because of COVID and everything else, but it really wasn't great doing tax returns in the summer, thinking about how I'd rather be at the beach at this point. This year to give us to May, it seems like a great idea in April. I understand that they had to do it. They changed some of the rules in March retroactively, which was fine. I, their heart was in the right place. I get it. But 
even in May, a lot of things get pushed off at small businesses until after tax season, unless it's really urgent, it's meet after tax season. Now we're at June, we've had a very short window to pick up after tax season goes, you get a week to decompress. And now there's a lot of big things that we've had to put off, anything else. So it's been it's been a challenge. So we're, we're saying we're going to do Fridays off this summer. We weren't able to do it last summer because of COVID, but it, it is a lot of hard work during tax season. But 10 weeks, if we could get through it, there's a lot of benefits. Now that I'm getting older, it gets a little bit harder. And uh, again, a lot of opportunities for some young people. But excuse me, how old, how old are you again? I'm going to be 38 next week. And you think as we get older, <laughs> young guy, you're a young guy. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I'm married. We were expecting a kid in December. It'll be our first. Congratulations. Thank you. I just see some challenges with that. You know, luckily now we typically don't work from home, but now we have a home office set up. I'm, I'm working from home today on a Friday when we're supposed to be off, which is great. I love catching up on things. But now it looks like there could be some balance. My wife works full time. And now during tax season, maybe I could come home, have dinner with them, and then hook up to my home office and review some tax returns for a couple hours before I go to bed. So there's definitely some advantages to where we are. But regardless, I mean, we make our money. It's just how hard you work, how many billable hours you and your firm do. I, I know there's value billing, but at the end of the day, it still comes down to how much work you're able to do. And during those 10 weeks, that's probably half our money comes in during those 10 weeks. Do you have any regrets uh, becoming an accountant, CPA? When did you decide that? Uh, and why did you pick a CPA as a profession? I took an accounting course when I was a junior in high school, and I really liked it. And my father said, you know, it's a great career. He says, I, I know someone in town that owns an accounting firm. Maybe you could ask him if he needs an intern for the summer and see if you like it. Check it out. See what he does. See if it makes sense or not. And I, I got hooked. I was working for a summer in high school. I saw the relationships that, that the owner, Paul, has with his clients. I saw his work-life balance. I saw how much he was able to impact the community, does a lot of volunteer work. Same with everybody at our firm. And I thought it was great. So I started when I was in high school. I've been there ever since. I thought for me, it made a lot of sense. I, I knew at that time accounting, it'd be five years before he could be a CPA. And before I committed to that, let me make sure I like it. And I was glad I did. And that really uh, gave me the bug that this is something I, I want to do and pursued it. So I don't have regrets, I'm sure. Uh, the first couple weeks in April, I said, why do I do this? But once we get through it, it, it's always worth it. It's nice because it does, as being an owner, it does set us up well for the rest of the year to know how hard we have to push to, to be where we need to be. I, I like that it gives us, I think accounting in general, if you're an accountant, whether you're CPA or not, you have a, a background that a lot of people don't have and expertise in a lot of areas people really struggle with, whether we know that or not. I think we take a lot of things for granted that we know. There's a lot you could do for your community to serve on charities and on boards and help them in different respects. They're really grateful. And it, it's really not that much work to us sometimes. It's a really hard gap for people to fill if they don't have those connections. And just the clients have my, with my relationship, if I could save a client a little bit of money on their tax return and help their business, I might run into them two or three times during the course of the week, just walking down the street. They'll come over and thank me. They'll thank my wife. I mean, I, I can't even disclose who my clients are, but hey, Ken helped us. We weren't sure about doing something, but we did, and it, it made sense, and it helped, and it, it means a lot. And to, to hear those stories, I mean, it's great. I mean, you have to love what you do. Um, at the end of the day, you, you spend more time at work than you do at home with your family, and you have to be passionate about getting up and, and going to work. And if you have a job you like, no job is perfect. Not every day is great, but if more days you're excited to go to work than you're not, that, that's exciting. And the changes, the tax laws, a lot of the things have been hard the last couple of years, and it's been very hard for small businesses to navigate. The rules have changed, but the heart's always been in the right place. A lot of these rules come from Congress, and they're not accountants. They try their best, but sometimes when, when it's passed, it's not exactly the I's aren't dotted and T's aren't crossed. 
But if the PPP, it gives money for small businesses that are struggling or closed to pay their employees. And then they looked at it and they only had eight weeks to spend it. Most of them didn't. They went back and changed it to 24 weeks. Yeah, that was a lot of work on our end. But at the end of the day, those loans weren't meant to be repaid. Those loans were meant to be forgiven. And that made a lot of our companies whole for a year and kept them in business. So when you remember at the end of the day, during tax season, when you're up late trying to figure these things out and you're making calls and you're checking with the banks, you're checking with the clients and people need this money. Then when you get through it and you see that that made the difference for them staying in and keeping people employed and keeping their business going. I mean, a lot of small businesses are really fragile right now. A lot of industries aren't really doing that well. They're coming back. But without that, they wouldn't have done it. And their accountant, we're on their speed dial. I mean, they need this. They're up at night worried about whether or not they stay in business and open 20, 30 years. So to see times like that and to help people navigate I mean, these two years could have been the only time in my life we're stuck in a situation like that. I really hope that we never have a pandemic. But to be able to help people with that magnitude and that many people, it, it was really gratifying. And our team really stepped up and, and all the programs out there, they were great. So it, it was nice that when you get to the summer and you get to rest, take that Friday off and say, you know what, it was worth it. And we were able to help. And a lot of people weren't. And we were getting calls. Hey, our accountant, he's kind of retired. He's working from home. They, they have some concerns about being in the office. They're not really technologically set up. Can you help? It's like, yeah, you know what, we'll help because I know you need the help. And your accountant, chances are you're going to have them for the next 20 or 30 years. You don't change that every year. This isn't like price shop. And once you have that relationship and once you do something for that, that'll be your client for life at the end of the day. Your clients, uh, clients don't nickel and dime you about fees or, uh, I mean, do you, get, you have a deal with that with smaller businesses? Sure. You know, we try to establish our value and I think our pricing is fair. So I understand that they want to do that, but I think long-term when you explain the tax savings and you're able to do a couple of things, you know, it's not like most of my clients say, you're going to switch to me, I'm going to save you $50,000, but there's two or three little screws we could turn. We'll save a couple hundred bucks there and a couple thousand dollars there. If you do that for 10 or 20 years, you're going to be in a good situation. What are your goals? You know, oh, we want to, we want to buy a business. We want to buy equipment. We want to expand. We want to hire someone. We need a second location. I don't know if I could do it. Well, what loans do you have? What are your rates? Maybe we could talk to someone and get a better rate. Maybe we could refinance that. Things they don't even think of. So when you have the relationship and you're able to do that a couple of times, I think they appreciate that. What are you saying for retirement? What type of retirement plan do you have for your company? You know, in 10 years, do you want to be out? Do you want to be retired? Do you want to be on a beach somewhere? Let's set up a plan to do that. Let's make sure you're putting enough aside. Do you need your kids going to college? What's that going to look like? You're going to hire someone. So how much do you need to cut to be able to do that? And how much is your business going to be growing? At what point will it start to take off at that? So I, I think if we could justify our fees, I, I think they understand. I, accounting, you have to have your taxes done somewhere. But if you have a relationship, you have someone you can deal with a couple times a year and, and meet with and explain things and see what their vision is and help guide them and get them there. I think they're a little bit more willing to, to pay the fees, especially if you're priced accordingly and priced fairly in your area. Uh, how do you uh, charge for tax returns? Do you charge a flat amount or an hourly rate? It's a flat amount, but it's based on hours. So there's a set fee. And then depending on, on the complexity of the return, not how much money you make, but the complexity. People make a million dollars, but it's just a W-2. They work for someone. It doesn't really take me that much longer than somebody else that has a job and works and makes half that much or a quarter of that. So if we could get the return done in an hour, then we charge them our base fee. But if they have a business, if they have three rental properties, if we have to do some projections, or if they're thinking about selling stock, or they have stock options, then it might be an extra hour of my time and I have to charge them accordingly for that. So depending on the complexity of their business, how many rental properties, how many broker statements, but it's not really the numbers. It's, it's basically based on how many hours it takes us. And that's built into the fee. So most of them are pretty flat. Most people year to year, other than business owners, have a similar 
tax return, usually if you're married and you have a job and you have a kid, chances are in the next five or 10 years, you're going to be at the same job for most people, not everybody. And once you retire and you have Social Security and an IRA and a pension, chances are for the next five or 10 years, you're probably going to have that Social Security and that pension and that IRA. So we pretty much know what it'll be. And if we discuss things a few times during the year, we might have to charge them for some planning or projections. But that comes up at, at that time. And then they're glad because if they discuss before they take money out of an IRA or before they sell stock, then we know exactly what the tax implications are going to be. We could plan accordingly. When they don't tell us when we do their tax return in March and April, and if they're not prepared, that's bad for everybody. So we try to have that relationship and we try not to make them feel like every time they call us, we're just going to send them a bill that we're all doing things. A quick call, we're not going to charge. But if you have to do a couple scenarios, and if you're talking about, am I going to retire at 60 or 62 or 65? And we have to talk about some scenarios that might charge an hour or two. But then it'll help you decide you on your retirement. So hopefully then it, it all makes sense for people. You talk to your clients uh, once a year at least. At the end, of, as you're getting towards the end of the, the year, do you call them up? Do you contact them and say, you'd like to have an hour with them uh, just to discuss things? Do you do that? Or do you wait for them to come to you? It depends. So we have a lot of clients. So a lot of our businesses, we're talking to almost quarterly. Business owners, they don't have money taken out. They usually aren't on payroll. They pay estimates depending on how much their business makes. So every quarter, it's nice to have a little chat discussion. I always tell my business owners, we want to talk in November or December. Once the year ends, your tax is pretty much your tax. But if you come to me in November, December, you're having a great year. We could have some tax planning techniques. We could talk about buying some new equipment or having some additional purchases for some write-offs. Maybe you need some a new computer. You're replacing your computers every three years. or You need some new trucks. For your business, you have 10 and you're going to replace two, but maybe you want to do a third this year because rates are low and because you're going to have a big tax bill, your tax savings is going to be significant. For the individuals, most of them, it varies. Some mail us their stuff or send it in or send it to our portal and we do our return and call them after when it's done and tell them how things went. Some of them, when it's not COVID, come in and we have those meetings. And then we have the relationship that if things change during the year, they call us, they let us know what's going on. We had a kid, we moved, we sold our house, we're, we're thinking about doing that. So on the individuals, it's it's more that they were going to reach out. You know, some of them we just see in our normal day-to-day life. We're in different activities or we see them through just doing life. Our businesses, though, we try to make sure to touch base quarterly. You know, sometimes they, they're smaller and they hit a certain growth. And if they're typically making 75000 if nothing changes, they kind of have gotten to that point. They know it. They know what their estimates are. We still like to check in. But usually if something's amiss, if they're, if they're making a lot of money, they tend to know, or if they're down a little bit, they tend to know. And they usually reach out to me before I get a chance to reach out to them and say, hey, we're having a good year. We really should talk. Those are great calls to have or struggling a little bit. Why don't we come in and see, maybe I could pay a little bit less in taxes and we could talk about what the problem is with their business. For the people who are watching or listening to this, I'll tell you what I've gotten out of it so far, all right? That yes, you wanna make a living, a good living, but What you enjoy most is helping people because the people then come up to you and they say, thank you. You, you've helped me tremendously. And all right. And that, that seems to mean a lot to you. Is that, what would you say is more important to you as far as making more money or do you enjoy helping people? Which one would you say actually describes you as a person? You know, we all make, need to make a living. You know, we're, we're blessed that our field pays well, I, I think, in, in for the amount of work we do. But helping people, I, I mean, I had a call yesterday. It's someone from, he goes to church with me, and him and his wife had, were having trouble deciding when to turn on Social Security. I said, call me at six. Hours are closed. Clock's off. I want to help you. Spent an hour. He's helped me in, in different ways. And we discussed the different scenarios. We did some tax projections. 
We talked about what was in their retirement. We talked about what they're earning. We talked about what their goals were, what their debt was. I came out of that meeting with the biggest smile. He did more for me than I did for him, without a doubt, because I know he didn't have a relationship with an accountant. He has a simple tax return. He does it on his own. He's more than capable of doing it. But who do you turn to? He has a financial advisor. He sees some tools online, but he doesn't have that trusted friend, that accountant, that someone that said, listen, you call me. And I said, listen, if things change for a year from now, even though you said you're going to work through your 70, if you decide next year you can't or your company gets sold or your boss is a jerk, whatever, you call me. We'll rerun these scenarios. No problem. So I find that rewarding. You know, there's only a few times in life if you're an individual, you don't own a business, you might need help. But if I can help you during that time, if you have a baby, if you're not sure about buying a house, if you talk about refinancing, all those things, all, any of those little things, it does make a difference. I know you can go anywhere to have your taxes done, but when you have that relationship, you're, you're going to have a friend, you're going to have a colleague, you're going to have an advisor that's looking out for your best interest. If I do family, if I do friends, if I, if I do just anyone I know, I've done them 10 or 20 years. I mean, we've had times I had somebody, he worked with my father and I started doing his return and he had basically worthless stock and he was about to retire in a couple of years. I said, you need to sell this now. I said, we could take $3,000 of losses every year to offset your income. When you retire, you're going to have like no taxable income. Let's sell them. It's worth nothing. It's not going to change. We know that the company closed a long time ago. It's barely worth anything. Sell them. Let's use those losses for the next three years. I, I mean, I tell you, he sends me a gift every year for Christmas. It's like, please don't bother. I'm glad to. That's your losses, you know? That is very nice. So, yeah. So people just don't, they don't know these things. And to us, we just take it for granted because we just see hundreds and hundreds of returns every year. And we talk to people and people have different levels of education with finances. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I hear a lot of people, they hate taxes and they hate going to the doctor. It was like the two worst things. Some people, they like shake coming into the office. They just, it's not their thing. They hate it to get upset. They hate to owe money. And if the refunds are down, that was going to be either the vacation money or pay off some medical bills. So I, I enjoy taking the time to just do some quick planning or at a new job. You want to make sure you get back a couple grand at the end of the year to, to do something with your family. That's important to me too, you know? The gentleman in your church, uh, he has a financial advisor, okay? What, yep. what does that financial advisor do for him? Manage his investments. But when it comes to tax planning, they know the basics and, and they had them in a lot of Roth IRAs and different things, which are great. But how exactly it works and how to determine what tax the tax will be with those RMDs that is probably going to generate in a few years and when to tap the Roth and when to tap the traditional IRA. They know the basics, but to really get numbers down, that, that makes a big difference. Are they, uh, was this a certified financial planner or just a person that says he's a, you know, I, I didn't get into it. He would seem to be happy with the advisor and he told me what the balances works. We need to know that to calculate what his RMDs were going to be in the future. but. You know, if, if people have relationships, they're trying to rock the boat if they're having trouble. I mean, we saw at the PPP, a lot of smaller businesses were having trouble with their banks, and we would try two or three different ways to get through, and some of them were just overwhelmed. And then we have relationships with other banks and said, hey, you know, if you're having trouble, call someone so they could help you. So we have relationships with a lot of people. When they have relationships that work well, that's great. Maintain those. When if it doesn't, we have a couple of people we could call. If your rate for refinancing comes in at X and we could get it a half a point better, we could have the discussion whether or not it makes sense. But even with accountants, I, I have people, they say, listen, can I want you to do my tax? I've been with my guy 30 or 40 years. He's going to retire soon. I said, great. Stay with him until he retires. If you're happy with him, give him your business. When he retires, there'll be plenty of work for me. Don't worry about it. So I'm blessed. Our business, we have enough. I don't need to chase everyone. I don't need to say that. Tell me you're done. Who cares? He's going to retire in a year or two. We have professional courtesy. That's fine. You're happy. You served you well for 30 years. If he's going to hang out for another year or two, great. Then when he retires, you come to me. You are a nice person. I can tell that. And 
It's a pleasure talking to someone who is just a greedy individual who wants to just, I, all I hear is you're saying, whenever it's good for you, the client, do it. Whenever it's good for you, the client, and you keep saying that in so many different ways. And I respect you tremendously. I don't know you, but I respect you. And by the way, you have a great uh, view. In the, where is it? It's like a room in your house here? Yeah, we, we bought a house last year. We have a little screened-in porch off to the side. And, you know, it's I all, to you have a nice wooded lot, don't you? Is this all? Yeah, all yeah. my backyard, side yard. So it's, it's good. The, one of my partners, the guy I started working for when I was in high school, we owned a four-family. And I lived there for about seven years. And last year, my wife and I bought a house to kind of split our commute. She was traveling pretty far. So nice to have our own house. But it was interesting living with other people. I still have other rental properties. But that was one of the things I saw and working from just the way he managed his work, his life, his investments. And it made a lot of sense. So I think there's things like that that you get working with people that are CPAs. I think when you go to work, you want to find someone that you work well with. You're not going to learn what you need to uh, just in your education, whether it's 120 hours, 150 hours, whether you're a CPA, an EA, whether you don't have degrees, you need to find someone that is educated, smart, that believes in you and that wants you to succeed. I mean, I learned a lot in school. I mean, I went to UConn, phenomenal. I have my master's from Notre Dame, even better. Oh, you have a great. master's from Notre Dame. Oh, I very do. good. I, you know, it took me a little while to pass my CPA. Some medical issues. I had to stop. I had to start again. I was almost 30. I, I couldn't believe it. Since I was 16, the CPA was the be all to end all. And I, I passed two parts. I got sick. I needed surgery. I had a complication a year later. I needed another surgery. And, and it got derailed. I had to start all over from the beginning. People said, why don't you ask for a waiver? I said, that's not me. I said, I'm just going to start over. That's fine. I, I understand if you have medical issues, you, you need waivers. I said, I'm going to do it just like everybody else. And I, I did. It almost took me to 30. But at our firm, you don't sign a, a tax return until you're a CPA, not just a CPA, until you have the experience to really understand how much is involved with the tax return. I know a lot of people say they do tax returns. There's a lot there, not just preparing it, but planning it and, and checking things. So th there's a lot. It means a lot at our firm when you're able to sign a return. And I was just getting to the point where if I didn't have my CPA, I was starting to get the experience to be able to sign a return. I couldn't. And, and it just devastated. You know, those things matter. And and I think there's a lot with the initial CPA. I, I think that it, there's a level of trust, a, a level of ethics. Your, your school, a lot of things say things about you. And just having a discussion with you, I have these with clients, I have these with potential clients. And, and I, I think people could tell really quickly if you're genuine, if you believe in them, if, if you have their best interest at heart. Not everybody takes my advice. Not everybody goes to me. Not everybody wants to deal with somebody that's on the up and up. It's funny when we do tax returns, I think people think we're the IRS, we're connected. And if they could fool us, then they get, then they pass. And I always say, I'm not going to audit all the documentation you give me. If you say you gave $750 in charity, I believe that that makes sense. You make $150,000, that's reasonable. But if you say I gave $35,000 last year, I said, we should discuss where it went. I, I need to see those receipts. I, I just, that's a little bit of a high number. Yeah. Same thing with businesses, when they start to push the envelope a little bit, it's like, you know, we need to discuss what ordinary and necessary is. It's not clearly defined, but there's some examples and some court cases of what's not. And I think that's the hardest part of coming out of school. People look at me and say, don't you just look up the tax code? It gives you the answers. So well, that's how it's defined. There's gray areas and then people challenge it and they, they see what's going to stand and what's not. And some people like to push it a little bit more. They understand that there's opportunities and they use it. I mean, I'm still surprised they changed the meals and entertainment to 100%. They want to help COVID businesses. And in my heart of hearts, I've been in practice for a while. You can never do 100%. And, and I understand it's for COVID and people have normal and uh, ordinary and necessary, and that's permitted. So I have to get a little bit more comfortable that people are going to do some meals and entertainment and it's all for good reasons, as long as there's a business purpose. So I think we're conservative by nature, but I think Entra people... entertainment is no longer deductible. Am I correct? 
Yeah, Mule, yeah entertainment's not. Mules is back to 100%. You're, right. you're correct. I didn't mean and to it, critique you. No, it, well, it depends. You can still have office parties for your staff and deduct that 100%. So we have to define entertainment. But yeah, taking clients out, that's no longer permitted. Um, but yeah, so meals are 100%. And these rules change constantly. So we'll see how long that lasts for. But I, I think it, it's more of a reaction to COVID than anything. And it's good to see people get back to business. But when you're learning the experience and seeing the people above you and how they handle themselves, how they conduct themselves, how do you deal with difficult situations? Because as a public accountant, you get a lot. And I know the five CPAs, we talk all the time. Uh, somebody came in and this is the transaction is about to happen. Have you seen this? No. Have you seen this? Yes. So oh, good. So tell me about that experience. So when you have a firm with five CPAs, it's great, especially having a CPA under 70 and 60s and 50s and a couple in their 30s. We get to see the whole gamut. And some people might have read an article about it. Some people have and Some people did some CPE about it. Some people have it. But you want to have knowledgeable people. You can't be the jack of all trades. You can know a little bit about everything, but you do have to specialize. And you have to be able to say, that's not my area of expertise. I think you need to, to talk to someone who it is. And sometimes you do have to turn away business. But you know when you get into it, you're not really serving a client. If you don't understand, maybe they have a foreign business or something, you haven't dealt with that, or, or their uh, overseas tax return, foreign income exclusion under tax return. I just I haven't seen that. I'm not comfortable. And I, I don't want to shortchange you. I don't want to shortchange me. It's not fair to any of, any of us. So there's a lot of things that you learn in practice. So if you have someone that, that has been around, they've been there, they, they're well-respected, they know what they're doing, and they're willing to train you, that, that's no reason why to get up and, and go to work and want to go to work every day. Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and more. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time.